Andy Johnson. This is the Reading Instruction Show. Today's, uh, the focus of today's podcast is on dyslexia. This is part two where we are looking at interventions for students with dyslexia. Let's review dyslexia is best understood as a designation for those on the lower end of the reading continuum. Students usually scoring two or more standard deviations below the mean on standardized reading achievement tests. And according to the International Literacy Association, there's no empirical basis for the use of the term dyslexic to distinguish a group of children who are different from others experiencing difficulty in acquiring literacy. So dyslexia, simply a term for those on the lower end of the continuum. From a neurocognitive perspective, we would describe dyslexia as a condition whereby one has extreme problems using the skills or coordinating the strategies necessary to create meaning with print. I like the definition of one group, and I forgot who it was, who said dyslexia is difficulty in learning to read that is of unknown origin. I guess the big thing here is that there is no universal definition or conception of what dyslexia is. If you adhere to the simple view of reading, reading as simply sounding out words, the phonological processing model, then you would use a definition put forth by the International Dyslexia Association, which describes it as trouble sounding out words, but that's not the one we use here. All right, so students with dyslexia, students who are uh, severely struggling readers, what do they need? They need more intense instruction. That's what they need in an intervention. So what is intense instruction? It is more time, more time on task, more time engaged in authentic literacy activities, that's real reading and real writing, and smaller instructional groups. That is more intense instruction. That's what students who are severely struggling readers need. What about phonics instruction, you are asking? As stated in a previous podcast, students with dyslexia often, but not always, have trouble using the phonetic cueing system to process letters as they are reading, to recognize words. The common assumption, however, based on that simple view of reading, that if this is the deficit area, all you need is an intervention that focuses on phonics. This is wrong for two reasons. First, if you focus on only one of the brain's three cueing systems, the other two will atrophy. And second, we want students to use their strengths to create meaning with print. Thus, we want students to use the syntactic cueing system as well as the semantic cueing system to recognize words. So, phonics is important. We continue to develop the phonetic cueing system, but you must simultaneously include activities to develop the other two. If you're focusing on only one of the brain's three cueing systems, you are providing one-third of a reading intervention, and we don't want that. Now, I recommend very explicit and very direct 
phonics instruction. This means that explicit phonics instruction should occur directly in the context in which they are used to the greatest extent possible. That means phonics instruction should occur in meaningful contexts. This also means that inst initial instruction should be two to eight minutes reinforced by looking for sounds or connecting letter sounds in authentic books, passages, or even students' own writing. There should be a combination of analytic phonics, synthetic phonics, and large unit phonics. Yes, phonics instruction is important. It's not the what of phonics, it's the how and the how much of phonics, in which I disagree with the skills-based approach to working with students with dyslexia. Now, all reading interventions for any struggling reader, mild, moderate, and severe, should not look different from classroom instruction. It should be based on effective classroom reading instruction. And these, there are seven elements that should be included in effective classroom reading instruction. So the intervention is going to build on these. It's going to build on one, daily reading practice, Two, social interaction and conversation around good books. These are the things in effective classroom reading instruction. Three, authentic writing experiences. Four, activities and instruction to develop all three cueing systems used for word recognition. Five, activities and instruction for word identification strategies. Word recognition is different from word identification. Number six, comprehension, instruction, and practice. And number seven, activities to develop word knowledge or vocabulary. Now, as far as interventions for students with dyslexia, I have found no valid or substantive, substance, uh, substantive <laughs> research evidence to support the use of any particular specialized program or method to use with students dyslexia. That would enable them to create meaning with print. If you can find some research that is peer-reviewed in a peer-reviewed journal, I will change my tune. I'll take this podcast down. But there are no super-secret dyslexia programs that only specially trained and certified dyslexia teachers can use. Students with dyslexia do not need dramatically different kinds of reading interventions than other struggling readers. As I stated previously, they need more intense versions of what they are already receiving. These intervention sessions, depending on the age, should last no more than four, uh, should occur no less than four days a week and should occur, include variations of these six elements. So an intervention for a student who is a severely struggling reader should occur no less than four days a week to be effective. And it should incur, uh, include one, word work, that's direct, explicit, and systematic instruction and practice related to letters and letter patterns, synthetic, analytic, and large unit phonics. Number two, word identification, direct, explicit, and systematic instruction and practice related to the four word identification strategies, that is analogy, morphemic analysis, context clues, 
and phonics. Number three, maze and close work. Students need practice identifying words within sentences based on context clues. Number four, comprehension. Direct, explicit, and systematic instruction and practice related to the cognitive processes used in comprehending. Number five, reading practice. Students should be able to read and respond to authentic texts that they have chosen that's at their independent level or below. This could also include teacher read-alouds, by the way. Number six, fluency work, if that's a deficit area. Repeated reading and other activities. And number seven, I said six, but there's seven. I was lying. Writing. This could be language experience, simple one or two sentence writing activities, as well as the other activities. And each one of these activities should last no more than two to no more than eight minutes in duration. So a session would be anywhere from 20 minutes to no more than 40 minutes and should occur a minimum of four times a week. Briskly pace. More of something doesn't always mean more learning. So I'd rather have short, intensive focus sessions lasting 30 minutes than sessions lasting 60 minutes when students are not in focused and fully engaged. All right, this has been the second part of a two-part podcast on dyslexia. Here I described interventions and instruction uh, for students with dyslexia.